You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. All right, welcome to the Resilient Human Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wood. I'm here with my friend, Kendra Jones. Uh, Kendra is a physiotherapist in St. John. Uh, we've actually been working together. Uh, I've been her nutrition or habit coach uh, since February of 2021. Um, she's made a lot of significant gains since then. Uh, I would say a lot of it has to do with her mindset. It's uh, definitely shifted, um, but she came in into that program as a go-getter already. So it wasn't too hard to make any, any changes on her. Um, she's also recently got into trail running, and I think she'll, she'll have a, a few stories about that as well uh, once we dive into this. So uh, let's welcome here Kendra Jones. Hello, Kendra. Hello. Hi. How are, you doing? How are you today? Doing well. Awesome. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? What's, what's your backstory here? Sure. I'm 47 years old. I'm a physiotherapist, like you said, in St. John, Brunswick. Uh, I'm kind of a person who's wired to be active and move. Um, I tend to be uh, private about things that can be um, hard for me but I have been learning over the last year to start talking about things with my friends. And um, you've helped me to start putting steps into place um, on looking at how I can change my habits for the better and therefore start climbing the rungs of the ladder towards goals that I have set for myself. Yeah, that's something we've talked about. It's not always aiming for the top of the mountain. It's always what's the first, what's that first step that you have to take, right? Yes. Um, when we first, when we ahead. first started together, I was somebody who I aimed for the top immediately. And if I couldn't get it, I wasn't someone to want to stick with it. So I've started to learn that it's important to just look at those small steps instead of trying to go for the big thing. That's awesome. That's, that's the power of a coach to just give you a little bit new, a different perspective, basically, just to how, how to yeah. view things. Right. So it's not yeah. that you're not aiming for the top of the mountain. It's just, you're looking at what's right in front of you. What's that next thing that you can do. Right. Right. That's awesome. You mentioned earlier that you um, you've always had that active uh, gene in your body. Um, I guess, when did that kind of start? When did you realize that you you're like an active person that always has to be out moving? As a kid, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, always, you know, outside playing and involved in sports. Um, even as I was starting to figure out what I wanted to do for my career, uh, my mom actually said to me, you are somebody who will not be able to sit behind a desk. You need to do something that you have movement and can be active. So she actually suggested physiotherapist and I had never heard of it before so went and volunteered at a clinic and fell in love with it and then it took me three years to of applying to get in so I that was probably one of my first big things that I really pushed for in my life because I wanted it so much and did not let the denials of the applications to stop me <laughs> so if you're new to this podcast, this is about resilient humans. And 
right off the bat here, here's Kendra's <laughs> first example of resiliency is being shot down for three years, trying to get into physio school. And then that's her, that's your dream, right? You had yes. that insight. That was the thing that you wanted to do. And then you didn't give up. That's, no. that's resiliency right there. I love it. Also, I should mention, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia when I was 29. So in 2004, so that's something that I've also had to deal with through uh, my life with wanting to be active and it having quite an effect on my body. What's your first memory of, of your fibromyalgia? What, what do you remember of it when you were first diagnosed? I had a lot of fatigue and body soreness and, and some GI upset. My mom um, had been diagnosed with it. And so she kind of recognized things in me as well that she had experienced. So she thought it would be a good idea for me to get checked on that as well. So um, I guess it was kind of a combination of me starting to kind of maybe miss some days at work and then her recognizing some of those things and kind of pushing me to get that figured out. So for those that don't know, what, what exactly is fibromyalgia? It's something that's still not really known well in the medical world. Uh, it's a condition or a syndrome. Um, and typically it's something where you experience a wide variety of symptoms. And so they'll, doctors will check for other things to rule out. And then when you don't kind of fit into any of those categories, this is kind of the diagnosis that you're given. And some of those variety of symptoms can be, um, well, pain is a big part of it. It's in your muscles. It can be in your joints. People can experience it different ways. It can be more lower body or upper body or whole body. Um, it's often accompanied with GI issues, poor sleep, depression and anxiety, foggy brain, tingling and numbness in the hands and feet, and a host of many other things. A lot of fatigue as well. The body is not able to get rid of some of the toxins and things that can build up in your muscle system, like a regular person system. So it takes a lot longer to recover from things. That sounds absolutely horrible. And also <laughs> very confusing, right? It, it, there's yes. not a lot of research or, or conclusions on, on it in that medical literature. And it's, it's gotta be frustrating. Yes. And most of the time people are just thrown multiple drugs to deal with it on their own, a lot of strong pain medications. So how does, maybe you can answer it personally, but how have you, or how do, how have others um, responded to it? How do they, how do you get through this in your daily life or how ha have you in the past? Well, when I first got the diagnosis, I <laughs> chose to kind of ignore it and decide that I didn't want to rule my life. Uh, so even though I've had it for 18 years, I've actually never really talked about it with anyone until this past year. Um, I would still just kind of muscle through things. Um, I've had lots of patients come through my door with it, and I've tried to educate them on keeping, you know, low impact levels of activity, um, not being afraid of the pain, because it's not something that typically can damage you. Um, 
it is something though that can affect how well you can do something say the next day. So it's a lot about pacing and trying to just control the symptoms as best as possible. Um, I've chosen to not use pain medications. Um, and in fact, I try to use a lot of my uh, brain. I would say I've trained my brain to kind of accept the pain. Um, that's been a work in progress to just understand that I have pain, but that it's not something that necessarily has to limit me in what I choose to do, but I still have to respect it so that I can continue on day to day. That's amazing. That yeah. Okay. It's almost like you're, you're, you're expecting to have that exposure. It's, it's like exposure training, right? I'm, yes. I know this is about to happen and I'm almost psychologically preparing for it to happen. So then it's not as bad as if you try to ignore it. Right. Right. Yes. Do you have any examples of how this affects your daily life? <laughs> yes. So I have several of those accompanying symptoms. I have a lot of leg pain and fatigue, especially when I'm being more active. I have consistent joint pain, whether I'm active or not. Um, and my GI gets quite messed up and I don't sleep well. I also struggle with some depressive episodes and I have numbness and tingling in my hands frequently, which is challenging with my job because I'm a very hands-on therapist. So um, currently I'm working with a dietitian and my doctor to try and figure out some of those GI symptoms because I do feel that if that could be more under control, potentially I could get my pain lessened a bit so that I would have better absorption of things, nutrients that I'm taking in. Um, as far as the tingling and numbness in my hands when I'm working, I just have to kind of soldier on and will take my hands away from the client and just kind of shake them out without them seeing it to try and just get it to relieve a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I still tend to have to miss work occasionally when my insides are quite messed up or my body is so fatigued that sometimes my brain can't even face the concept of dealing with other people's um, pain issues that I do at work. Right on. So I know we talked about this uh, just last week. Um, you have a, a story of resiliency uh, and it has to do with uh, one of your, your recent runs. So can you, uh, can you talk about that for a second? Sure. Um, I had planned to run with a friend and I've only run with him once before. And so, as I've said, I don't really talk about um, the pain levels with people very much. So he's not very familiar with um, some of the suffering I go through when I run. And then we had another friend kind of um, want to join into the run. So I immediately started with a bit of stress in my brain because I had two people now that would not really understand kind of some of the things that I'm going through when I'm running. And typically I don't want to rely on other people on how I deal with that, uh, but sometimes, when I'm having a really challenging run to have a friend along who um, can understand some of those challenges and help pull me mentally through can be helpful. I have one really good friend, Lori, who she is amazing at how she just figures me out and can mentally push me. So this was a new experience and going into it, I already knew that I was gonna be 
it was going to be a challenging run because I felt fatigued um, already. So it was a big loop around the Irving Nature Park plus the road. So that was going to be at least eight to nine kilometers, which is that's considered a longer run for me. <clears throat> so as we got going, I could tell it was challenging and they seemed to be really enjoying themselves and talking a lot during the run where I was kind of um, really struggling in my brain to deal with a pain that I was experiencing and to really try not to show it because I didn't want to it's not that I don't want to, I didn't want to drag them down. I just, I don't really know how to, how, I wouldn't have known how to communicate to them what I needed at that moment. So I really had to just figure out how to deal with it for myself. Um, I actually, that was a run that I had a difficult time trying not to cry actually, because the pain was so bad. So my breathing got a little fucked when I was trying to figure this out as well. So I just, I spent the last half of the run really just trying to muckle down and say, let's get through this. There are actually two times in the run that I was ready to um, tell them that I was going to quit and I was just going to walk the road and they could continue on. But I am not a quitter. And so I just told myself to buckle down and that this was only for a time frame that I was going to be feeling like this. And that when I was done, I was going to feel better. I finished it <clears throat> and I felt incredibly horrible with my body afterward. <laughs> Um, but I came home and I messaged with, um, my friend who understands my body pain. And then I uh, messaged with another friend to actually plan a hike for the next day. And, um, then I also planned on doing elevation work the following, like the Sunday after that. So that was a Thursday. So even though I knew that I was feeling horrible, I still wanted to keep planning to do active things because that's what I like to do. So I came oh. home and had a big old ice bath for about 15 minutes to try and deal with my leg pain and took some Advil and just kind of tried to chill and relax to, and happy that I actually did it, even though it was a horrible experience because <laughs> it made me stronger mentally. All right, so how, how recent are you into this trail running stuff? So it's been two years actually of- right. So it's fairly recent. I'm trying to get to this. <laughs> to yeah. me, so, so this is the, the struggle. To me, two years is a long time, but it's not. Because <laughs> I'm a baby in it. Right. I'm a body made for short bursts of speed, not long endurance things. So it's been um, an interesting challenge to train my body to do something very different than it's used to. And to remember and realize that it is a process and that I shouldn't be comparing myself to others, but just my own progress. That's a great message. I love that. How, how do you go through something like that? Basically what you just described on that run was essentially hell, right? It, yes. it was body hell and mm -hmm. you're trying to talk to yourself and convince yourself to kind of make it through. You finally do, you make it home. You're in so much pain how do you then convince yourself to do more shit after that? How do you do that? What, what's the thought process there? Um, I don't know if this will sound weird, but because I've had pain for so long, it kind of has become a bit of a friend to me. <laughs> Not that I want to have that level of pain, but it 
makes me realize that I'm still doing things for myself that are healthy, um, that I feel are important. And I don't want it to stop me from the things that I love to do. Um, and I know it's temporary. So part of the challenge with fiber, like I said, is having to pace myself. So I've had to learn that I can't run two days in a row or I can only run say three days of the week. So when I plan things, I try to be cautious to make sure that I will still have energy to continue on. So even though I had that pain, I knew it was gonna be temporary and that I would recover from it as long as I do the right things to recover from it. Right on. Do you have a message for anybody else that, that might be suffering from fibromyalgia, that might have these body pains, they're going through it and they're not really, we'll say coping in a, in a healthy way. What, what message would you have to them? First of all, I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Um, I would say, as I do with a lot of my patients who have pain for various reasons is there's a difference between a bad pain and a sore pain and understanding that um, it's important to still do some sort of movement or activity because whether you have pain from not doing anything, which I've had pain from sitting on a couch versus pain from going for a walk or a run, I'd rather still have my activities that I want to do and experience pain from that than from being stationary and sedentary and still having pain. So it's finding that balance. And I say still, I get, you know, people have to kind of play around with what their limitations are um, to figure those out. But I think the most important thing is it's still important to move, even if it's low key, low impact, and then trying to train your brain to not maybe focus so much on the pain um, so that you can still figure out how to do those activities that you want to be able to do, I guess. Would you say, best explanation. would you say you're still learning as you go oh, through this? Definitely, definitely, yes. Oh yeah, for sure. I still try to push the boundaries sometimes and then I get laid up. So I might do something way too much and then not be able to do something for a whole week. And I don't like that. So that's why I'm trying really hard to figure out what is it that I can, you know, what's my limit that I can push that I don't lose time in the other activities that I want to be able to do. So definitely it's still a learning process for me. And this disease, it's considered progressive yet it's not progressive in that it damages your body anymore it's just your, the symptoms will continue to increase as time goes by so it's about trying to figure out how to manage that even as those things start to become worse problems through the aging process so i like what you said there about pushing pushing your boundaries even if it pushes you too far i would hope that you don't consider that a failure even if it lays you up for a little while and that you use that as a learning opportunity. So then you don't make that same, same mistake again. Right. That's right. There's no such thing as failure. There's just learning opportunities. So right. would you say you've had a, a, a fair share of learning opportunities over the last few years? 
Definitely. And, and changing my mindset, like you said, so that because I would have viewed those things as failures before, and now I am starting to view them as ex learning experiences. And so definitely the mindset has, the change in mindset over the last year has been a big, big um, focus and also a big help in understanding that when these things happen, I don't have to get down on myself, beat myself up and think that I am less than someone else because I don't know how to do this or because I can't do something like somebody else. I'm learning that it's all about what just works for me and my body and being happy with what I have. One of the big things, Kevin, when I'm out running and I feel that pain, I actually try to turn my brain into a gratefulness attitude. Uh, I'm actually grateful that I'm still able to get out in the trails and that my legs still make me move and that I am not confined to a wheelchair or not able to enjoy the peacefulness of the woods because uh, that's one of my favorite things in the whole world. An attitude of gratitude. <laughs> that is it right there. That's awesome. I think that would help a lot of people get through any type of struggle that they're going through. Just look around and, and appreciate what you have, who's around you, where you are, and how fortunate you are of all the things that you do have and you're capable of doing. Right. Absolutely. All right. Last question. If you could go back 15 years, 15 years ago for, for Kendra, what advice would you give yourself? Ooh. <laughs> be easier on yourself <laughs> as in on your brain and not uh, beat myself up so much <laughs> and not compare myself to others just on the gains myself that I've made. That would be a big message. I wish I had learned that a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that in the last year, especially you would always talk about not being able to keep up and, you know, other people are this, other people are that. And I'm like, they're not you. They're not in your body. They're not in your mind. They're separate. They're completely separate. You have to just focus on you, your body, your mind, and that is it. Right. You're Absolutely. Right. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for taking your time today to, to chat with me about this. I hope anybody out there with fibromyalgia gets to listen to this and hear this inspiring story of a, an amazing, resilient human. So thank you, Kendra Jones, for, uh, for coming on and chatting with us today. Thanks for inviting me and um, having the perspective that that's a part of who I am. <laughs> Resilient. Thank you. Absolutely. You're welcome. All right. Take care. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.